Hey everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is CSI Talk. Welcome back, everyone. Another week, another episode of CSI Talk. Hi. Before we begin our episode today, we just want to let each and every one of you know that this is a safe space for you. This is always going to be a safe space for everyone who wants to escape their own reality, their own world, and just come to us and listen to two girls talking about their favorite science crime fighting show. Especially today, I uh, just want to tell everyone how much I appreciate and love each and every one of you because the show means to us and we love this show. And this is exactly why we created this podcast, this platform, just to spread this love that we have for for this show that changed our lives and we decided to keep watching CSI Vegas regardless if Chris and Sarah were going to, to stay, regardless if Catherine was going to come back. We decided to stay because we loved the characters and we loved the essence of the show as well. We're still here and we love each and every one of you who sticked with us from day one or who just joined us in the rag. Well, today... Brie is going to torture me throughout the whole episode. And also, after we break down today's episode, which is episode 15 of season 13, also known as Forget Me Not, also known as a very difficult time for Sarah Seidel fans. You know, we are in the trenches today, Sarah Seidel fans, GSR fans. We are in the trenches today. We're going to be doing a recap of season two okay so we're gonna be doing a recap of season two of csi vegas probably about 40-ish minutes yeah we're gonna be doing all that for no don't worry oh damn i'm in the trenches today jesus christ tell our audience Bray, how you convinced me to cover forget me not it's anti-valentine's day as valentine's today's wednesday for us and it's probably was either earlier today or yesterday for you and we promised each other and we promised you guys that we would eventually cook this episode. And I said, no, it's better to do something you're not looking forward to sooner rather than later. Well, yeah, it's Valentine's Day in the United States and a few countries, actually, not only on Valentine, not only in the United States. The only good thing that came out of the episode was Sarah in that a letter jacket. To prepare for this episode... Usually, I would rewatch the episode, but I've been, when I've already seen this episode a couple of times, to prepare myself mentally for this episode, I listened to Bad Blood by Taylor Swift featuring Kendrick Lamar. So yeah, that was preparation enough. Why? Because, because of two characters. If you know, you know. And you will find out if you don't. Well, the official synopsis is... Sarah is a lead suspect in an investigation after a brief encounter with another man in which she was the last person to see him alive. Also, her separation from Grissom begins to take a toll. Well, we need some context here. There was an episode that they, they went to a diner and Sarah told Greg, like, why do I always come here? We literally never saw them go to that diner ever. That was like literally the first time that we ever saw them go into that diner, but Apparently, they always go there. Okay. Um, they went there with Nick, I think. And they were going there after a scene or something like that because they were probably in the middle of a shift or something. There was a waitress there that was having a problem with a stalker. His name was Buzz Derek. And since um, most of her clients worked in law enforcement, she told them that she had a problem with him. And they would help her, you know. Sarah had helped her get a restraining order against him. And then he was outside the diner. 
literally the exact miles away that he had to stay away from her. When one of the officers sees Miss Derek from outside and he is like, I'm just going to go talk to him and tell him to go away. But then he gets called to another scene. And the CSIs also, they get called to another scene as well. Anyways, after this officer leaves and the CSIs as well, everybody inside the diner dies. There's even like this uh, drag queen inside this diner. Uh, he, her, his name is William. He was in a season of drag, Drew, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Anyways, this wait- waitress dies. And in the middle of the episode, Best Derek's Best Derek breaks into the morgue. He keeps, just keeps looking at the body. Doc sees him looking at the waitress's body and he's like, Oh, are you family? And Bezerra's like, Yes. And Doc is like, Okay, who are you? And Best Derek is like, I'm her fiance. And Doc is like, Oh, she's not wearing a ring. And Bezerra is like, I didn't propose yet. Or something like that. And Bezerra is like, Can I just put a ring on her? And Doc tells Dave to call Sarah. He's like, oh, let me call the lead investigator. And Sarah was already looking into Bezderek for the murders on the diner. She goes into the morgue with an officer to arrest him. She wanted to pin Bezderek for the murders on the diner. But then they find out that Bezderek had an alibi and he was not the one responsible for the murders that happened. So they had to let him go. But Bezderek kind of promised Sarah that he was going to come back and he's going to do something against her. Well, he kept that promise. So, gee, this episode is Sarah's birthday and he's alone. She had made that reservation uh, months prior to her birthday because she was expecting Grissom to come back from whatever the hell he was and somehow was expecting him to still come back, but he didn't. The man somehow knew that it was her birthday and the two share wine and they go to his room at the hotel where they stay. And she spent the night at the hotel, not at his room, though. The next morning, Sarah runs into Greg because there is a crime scene inside the hotel. The hotel. She's literally in the elevator, and she looks at him, and she's wearing a beautiful red leather jacket. This is literally the only good thing that came out of the episode, Sarah with the red leather jacket. Well, then three newbies would be good. Yeah, the, we have three newbies. This is the DB era. We have also with DB, we have Julie Finley. I love her. She's the love of my life. I would do anything for her. I would drop anything for her. If she asked me to go to Vegas right now, I would. And we also got Morgan. Also got Morgan on the case as well. I absolutely love her. She's one of my faves. Like she, she helped, if you don't remember, she helped the team back in LA when they mm-hmm. were going after Nate Haskell. And then she got a transfer to Las Vegas. And now she's working under her dad. And is if you're thinking this is nepotism, sometimes nepotism is good. But it wasn't nepotism because she actually got to work, honestly. Sarah's like, yeah, I don't have my kid, but I guess we'll share. They go to the crime scene. When Sarah sees who the victim is, she pulls Debbie aside and she's like, this is an emergency. Jesus Come back, put your sandals back on. Uh, sick, did we heal? <laughs> DB's like, okay, can this wait? We have a body. And Sarah's like, I was here last night. And DB's like, what? Excuse me? Say that again? <laughs> yeah. So Sarah has to tell him, like, what happened. She tells DB that she knew that guy. She was in the room for an hour, so they will probably find traces of her in the room. Russell tells Sarah that she has to give a statement to a detective, right? And she has to let it all out. She has to tell the detective everything. Brass was not working this case. If he was working this case, I think it would have been different the way she was treated. I don't know. I, I think it would have been... Because whenever there's a CSI and a suspicion, he became a horrible. 
with like, like with Ward and with Hodges. Yeah, but with Sarah is different. We know his relationship with Sarah was a lot different than his relationship with Hodges and Warwick was. And as much as he was a friend to Grissom, Grissom has been away for a very long time. And we did an episode of Sarah's relationship, how they almost had like a father and daughter relationship. So I like to think that maybe this could have turned out differently. Maybe he would behave almost like he did with Ray, but in a protective manner, in a father, fatherly protective manner. In a way that would get his badge revoked. Well, he would probably kill Best Derek, but I mean, it would probably be justified. And the CSIs would be like, didn't see a thing. And also, if Nick and Greg even suggested the idea that Sarah killed somebody, Bress would go on the spot and be like, are you guys out of your damn mind? To practically like, raise both of you in this lab and well no, nick did not need raising in the lab well anyways she was nick's sister younger sister, younger sister. is that how he treats young his his sisters like any okay oh are you kidding me his dad would not allow that the victim is id as taylor weinard 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 okay and dave's says that there are seven stab wounds on the body. I am not sure if seven stab wounds is overkill or not. I don't think it... It might be. But we find out that's the amount of stab wounds that that Laura killed Sarah's dad with. We recap. Sarah's dad was stabbed to death by her mom. And when Sarah told Grissom back in season... Five. Five. She told Grissom that her mom killed her dad. Her dad was stabbed to death. She had to be on foster care. But also Dave says that there are no defensive wounds, which could lead the CSI to believe that somehow Taylor was drugged. Because when somebody's being attacked, you would expect to defend yourself, especially with your arms. Whenever someone is coming at you, you would instantly, is an instinct, you would raise your arms. It's Depends if you, if you have fight or flight. If you have flight, you'll yeah. be running. Yeah, if you're a flight, you will be running. But if you're fight, you will raise your arms. And the person that is trying to attack you, they would stab you in the arms. And those stab wounds in the arms are considered defensive wounds. Dave says that the first stab wound hit a vital organ. And it's possible that the first stab wound hit a vital organ, which made the victim defenseless. But if that's the case, then the other stab wounds were overkilled. Overkill. A steak knife missing from room service the CSIs are like, oh, okay, so it was a weapon. It was an, a weapon of opportunity because sometimes killers are prepared to attack someone, and they will take what is known as a murder kit, and they will kill somebody with it. Or sometimes killers decide to kill whatever they want with a weapon that they find at the spot. And Greg, actually, he's, he's pretty stunned to find a fingerprint on the wine glass. And it comes back to Sarah. This is when Greg starts to think Sarah did. Greg, defense squad, please make a move right now. I dare you. Russell has to tell Greg and Nick, like, yeah, you found her fingerprint, but that can be explained. She told me that she was here last night. That puts her in the scene, but that does not put the knife on her hand. We don't have the murder weapon. Okay, so at the station, Sarah has to tell Detective Crawford. He's the one that is also taking some cases. He used to be a deputy, and now he's a detective. No, good for him. He's a detective now, and I don't know who, where he is right now. I, I thought he'd be a sheriff by now, but he's not. We don't know who he is. And she tells him what happened. She says that she and Taylor went to his room and they shared three bottles of wine. And she got a happy birthday message from Grissom at 11.15 p.m. That's when she left the room and went back to her 
left Taylor's room and went back to her room. There are phone records that prove that she called the victim at 12.04 a.m. And they lasted eight minutes. But she's like, I did not call him. I didn't call him. She said that she did take a sleeping pill after taking all of all of those alcohol. And it always says in the bottle, do not mix with alcohol. Yeah. So do not mix sleeping pill with alcohol. And do not mix antidepressants and, you know, this. Do not mix mix, mix with, with alcohol. Just, just don't. It, it's bad. Just don't do it. I've never done it, but it's, it's bad. We've seen CSI enough to know it's bad. And Detective Crawford also, said, also tells her that she used her key cards to re-enter her room at 2.49 a.m. It's not looking good for Sarah. It's her like, I was asleep. But her whereabouts between midnight and 3 a.m. cannot be confirmed because nobody was with her. I've been dying since in this episode, since Greg said that he found the fingerprint of hers. I've been starting to die since then. And at the scene, Nick finds one of Sarah's necklaces on the floor behind the bed. He starts to think something happened between her and Taylor. Yep. There was this one time I told Brie, oh, I've been thinking Nick is really cute. And she's like, oh, just watch Forget Me Now. You're, you're going to hate him again. And I was like, you're kidding me. I'm not going to go through that pain again. And Greg finds damp towels in the bathroom and a long, dark hair and drain that looks like it could belong to Sarah. You know what I mean when I say that I don't like this too in this episode? When Greg is processing the bed, he sees that the sheets are missing. I have no words. Morgan, she draws to Sarah's blood and she tells Sarah, yeah, I'm not going to judge you because you slept with someone else besides Grissom because he's never around. You know what? Same. I will not judge Sarah if she slept with someone else because Grissom was never around. But and they, they were separated. And at this point, they, they were not together. So Sarah was not cheating, cheating. on him. But they didn't know that. Yeah, they didn't know that. And we would find out later that Sarah did not, in fact, sleep with anyone else when Grissom was away. Sarah tells Morgan, nothing happened between me and Taylor. I already liked Morgan before this episode, but when Morgan told Sarah that, I was like, that is my girl right there. I love her and I'm going to protect her at all costs. Back in autopsy, uh, Finn uh, shows Doc Robbins a picture of the knife that they are looking for. And even they, even though they don't physically have the weapon, he, Doc Robbins does confirm that it's probably the murder weapon because the blade length and the handle are consistent with the victim's wound. Hodges is the only CSI before, besides Morgan. Finn and DB, they are behaving like a normal human being and following, oh, yeah. He tells Sarah that she cannot be there while she, he is processing the evidence. He's just following the book. He's like, I'm not going to judge you, but I just cannot have you in my life right now. I for the Hodges. The brown nose are from Grissom. He what? basically worshipped Grissom. He would kiss the ground Grissom would walk upon. And he's like, if, if it does look like Sarah cheated on Grissom, it's that's not, not my problem. I'm not going to judge her, you know. Does that, mean that, yeah, does that mean that, that Hodges is a feminism? Is a feminist? Well, look who he dated. Eh, probably. Camilla. I think also one of the reasons why Sarah helped Hodges so much in the season one of CSI Vegas is because of his behavior right here in this episode. Because he was one of the only people that didn't treat her like... She was a criminal. Yeah. And it was right there that she knew that he was her friend and she could trust him. And that he was a seaside first. Yeah. And just like her, because remember when she went through Ray's stuff and Greg was like, oh, you cannot do that. What if it was me? 
You would have to take my word for it. And do you think that's why they, Nick and Greg did that? Because remember, her and Nick were having issues throughout since Catherine left. Yeah, Sarah and Nick were going through a rough patch since Catherine left. And there's going to be this one time when Nick is going to decide to leave and he's going to get in jail because he's going to get arrested because he gets into a fight with two officers. And Sarah has to basically bail him out. And I think they talk things through and become friends again. But they're going through a rough patch. Their relationship was already kind of like in a burnout stage. So it would not take a lot for it will not yeah. take a lot for for him to just flip the switch and be like yeah she totally killed this guy to cover up the fact that she cheated on grissom and it happens all the time nick is a guy's guy has to take one of sarah's hair to make a comparison which she not she did not have to give voluntarily you know they could get a warrant but she does give the comparison so she did not do any other way Todd she just took it straight out of her head when they were talking yeah technically that's like a gray area she did not say go ahead she was just standing there with her arms crossed when he went what then she tells sarah just go home and just let the evidence speak for itself and when sarah gets home she finds the murder weapon in the dishwasher that's running and you can tell she's confused that it's running I was telling Bree, I don't know when, like either yesterday or two days ago, I, it appears there's someone outside. And I, for a brief moment, I, I thought it, somehow it would be Grissom because Sarah was in trouble. And I thought somebody told Grissom that Sarah was in trouble and that would make him grow some courage and come back to Vegas to help her. But no, he's just an officer. He really only came back to Vegas when... Lady Heather was in trouble. Greg and Nick, they are go they go to to her house and they cannot find any sign of forced entry. Sarah tells them somebody was in my house and it's the person that killed Taylor. And she said that the only people that knew the alarm codes are either you guys, Grissom, or the or my friend. So who could it be? Greg found in the bedroom an envelope that had pictures of Sarah kissing Taylor. And that's when when Nick and Greg are like, just lock her up and throw away the key. And that's why saying Nick is a guy's guy. Yeah, okay. So Russell brings her over and to the lab, to his office, because I feel like his office kind of becomes like... A, the therapy room. The therapy room, exactly. Like Russell is like a therapist or something. It would be really funny if he took a therapist course, you know, just to talk things out with his, with his family and with his CSIs and, and, and Rosa's like, no, come on, talk to me. And Sarah's like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I knew him. I did not say it. We've been meeting each other. We met each other two weeks ago. Him showing up at my table was not something that I planned. And... The tox report from her blood that Morgan drew shows that 10 hours prior, after she drank, her alcohol level was still 0.03, which is low, I think, which is really low. And her slipping pills register 0.9 milligrams per liter. And Russell is generally, he's concerned about Sarah and her behavior but she's like i only took a five milligram pill and russell keeps pressuring her and she's like yeah fine me and grissom are no longer married and i've been struggling with that because we all know that sarah does not share what happens to her with anyone else and grissom was the first person that she actually shared anything with she knew grissom was like their god yeah, so she knew that, I mean, not the God to Morgan Finn and DB, but she knew that if she just dropped that bomb on everyone. On Nick. On Nick Greg. and Greg. Nick and Greg would automatically assume that it was her fault. Yeah. Bad shits are still missing, but there was no blood or tissue found on the knife that they got from her house. 
And the hair that Hodges analyzed comes back to Sarah. And he says that from the amount of zopidine, zopidine on Sarah's systems, she could have been asleep walking. And she could, maybe she did not remember, which can happen. I mean, when you're sleepwalking, you do stuff that you do not remember when you wake up. I just like, oh, maybe she's lip murder, which is something that does happen. Sometimes people sleep murder. You know, it's, it's a real thing. Sometimes people will murder when they sleep. How would um, they prosecute that? I don't know. You'll have to ask the prosecutors. I, I believe there were a few cases, but... Uh, with evidence and all that, I believe that the defense would probably point out the fact that the person does sleepwalk. And when you sleepwalk, you cannot control what you do. Maybe they would use that type of defense. And if it's strong enough and based on science, the, the person would not walk free. But I think it would be reduced. The, the sentence would probably be reduced depending on the number of victims. Now, everybody knows what happens. Nick is like, I wish you would have come to me and just... Tell me about your separation from Grissom as if. And Greg was there too. It's like, really, you two? You guys were just wanted to wear a little fry and like a fry. Yeah, you guys wanted to send her to the freaking electric chair two seconds ago. I can't with this shoe. I can't. I literally cannot. So, you know what? Because, look. Okay, so in the beginning of the show, you can see this a lot more clearly. The sexism around and some fights between... Catherine and, and Sarah, because this is what people like to watch. And with time, this was disappearing from the script, which which was really good. But then came up again in this episode. And from Nick's perspective, I would understand why he would think that Sarah cheated on Grissom because the relationship with Sarah was practically on the rocks. So their relationship was in the trenches. They were struggling a lot to understand the fact that the Catherine was leaving. Nick does not deal really well with changes. And Sarah understood why, why Catherine had to leave. And the relationship was kind of bad at this point. But the fact that Greg was so ready to throw Sarah under the bus with Nick. They were going to throw her in the electric chair. Because these people are your friends from more than 10 years, and you would not expect this kind of behavior from them. They were not even following the evidence. They were getting ahead of the evidence. They were, get, they were letting their feelings speak first, okay? Why would Sarah take the knife with her and clean the knife? Sarah was a CSI even better than then. She could have got rid of the weapon. She could have got, gotten away with murder. Like, That's didn't she go to call at to a high universe, high level university at 16? Exactly. She was a, men, a mentor to Greg. And this is how he thanks her by accusing her of, of murder. If I was Sarah, I would have been really upset with them. When she's talking to Russell, she gets a call from the mental facility her mom's at. So she rushes over and she finds that Basterok has gone to her mother's. Yeah. In the lab, Sarah sees her necklace on the monitor and Nick says that, yeah, we find this necklace on the room. And Sarah's like, I did not wear that when I went out. So someone did broke in the house and stole it from the bedroom and planted at the scene. And Nick and Greg are like, oh, someone did. I do not have words. That's when Sarah realizes that Bezderek is the one doing all of it. Sarah goes to him, to Bezderek, where he works, and she confronts him. If you're going to confront your stalker, do it with someone else. Don't do it alone, please. Because they might attack you and get some evidence, please, to have someone reported for you. She accuses him of stalking her, also accuses him of killing, murdering Taylor. And says that the necklace that was found in the hotel room was a gift pity that the waitress that died, that he was obsessed with. And Bezderek wanted Sarah to know that he was the one that was responsible for all of that. But he's like, yeah, I did not do it. Kind of confirms that he was the one that did it because of the necklace. 
He's like, yeah, I did not force her to go to the room. Neither did I force you to cheat on your husband. He gets his phone out and threatens to call Rissam. And it's on speed dial for some reason. Sarah uh, breaks his phone and pushes him to the ground. And Sarah's like, you're not going to get away this time. And then Detective Crawford, he tells Russell, yeah, I'm big concern that your team is, is hiding evidence to protect someone. Does, does he know about Ray? Does he know what happened to Ray? Anyways, so Russell's like, the only thing that the evidence says is that Sarah was in Taylor's room, but she did not commit the murder. But Detective Crawford was like, oh, but she was having an affair under the influence of alcohol and pres prescription drugs. If it was anyone else, they would have made an arrest. They still don't have enough evidence to arrest her. Even if she was having a relationship with a victim and she was under the influence with a pres prescription drug, it's not enough for an arrest. Even if they were to arrest her her lawyer would get her out even a judge would know that this is not enough evidence to arrest someone based on just that sarah she's doing a background check on this derek to try and get phone records but there is a knock on the front door and she and is an officer and they have to go to the station Best derek is giving a statement because he's telling everyone that sarah stalked him and attacked him and he's all bruised and bloody and Sarah's like I didn't do it Finn has to process Sarah and collect her clothes as evidence and she is put on a station used to clothes to wear and it's so upsetting to see her like that Greg and Nick are like what do you mean Sarah's arrested but Detective Crawford says that she was on camera at this time. When Greg shows Sarah their surveillance from the garage, Sarah's like, he is out of view from the camera. He knew where to stand to lure me out. And the only physical contact that I made with him was when I pushed him. It's literally where you, what you see in the video. Greg is like, yeah, but the DA has enough evidence to charge you because you are the aggressor here. Hold on. I don't understand why, because Finn just processed her and every evidence leaves a trace. And there would have been traces of his skin underneath her nails. It would have been enough proof that she did not attack him because he was pretty bruised and, and there was also blood. Anyway, but Derek tells Nick, oh, your friend is pretty unstable and shouldn't be allowed to carry a gun. And but Derek also says that she accused him of murder and she was also disoriented. She was confused when she did it. And Berserk is like, oh, I asked her to leave me alone, but she didn't. And I was feeling threatened. That's why I called 911. That's when he knocked my phone out of my hand. Sarah should not have come for him, to be honest. But anyways, Finn is processing Sarah's clothes and... She cannot find any trace of evidence on her clothes. Like, there is nothing that corroborates uh, Best Derek's story. Like, nothing at all. It, it is impossible to prove that Best Derek actually took the beating from Sarah. Nick is like, yeah, he probably beat himself up. So Sarah will be arrested for that and fall for the murder. They all put together that he would have to know Sarah would be at the hotel. They put together that Besteric was stalking Sarah. Like, we been know. We know that. He was doing that for a very long time before you put that together. Like, good job, Nick. Good job, Nick Stokes. Good job, Nick. We been know. Uh, he did everything. He broke into Sarah's house. He hacked into her email. He broke into her phone and he also is the one that took pictures of Sarah and Taylor together. Sarah has to be released from custody because Bezderek decided he was not going to press charges. But he does file a restraining order against, against her. And Rosa is like, okay, 
not going to give you a gun, okay? Okay, but you're going to be on leave until, until we know what we're going to do. And her mother is on a hospital, and Sarah visits her, and her mother knows about the murder, and she thinks that Sarah is the one that did it because her friend Ronald stopped by to tell her that. Yeah. And, and she also said, I, I always hoped you would not become like me. So Sarah goes home, locks the door, and, and gets her service pistol. I guess she has another gun at her house, just like Catherine does. The team has to hiss all the from all the evidence that they have to try and exonerate Sarah because everything points to her. Nick finds out that someone overrode the key card slot to Sarah's room at the hotel just before midnight. That would explain how the killer got Sarah's phone and made the eight-minute call to Taylor, okay? And Hodges finds out that Sarah would not have heard someone enter because she was knocked out because Zoparin contains more than double the prescription dosage. My girl could not even leave the bed. She was asleep. And Morgan, she compares the showers drain from Sarah's room to Taylor's room at the hotel. The room from showers. She compares shower drains. The shower drains. From Sarah's actual shower drains, you know, at her house and the one from the hotel. And it's the exact same one. Apparently, they're kind of common somehow. And they're the exact one. They're just a little bit different with the striations on it. Yeah. And the killer is the one that swapped the drains. This would explain how Sarah's hair got in the drain. And Greg, he com he compared the surveillance pictures of Miss Derek leaving, leaving work with the surveillance pictures of the mystery man in the casino. And the casino, because the hotel is in the casino, at the night of the murder, and the clothes are the same. See what happens when you decided to be smart, Nick. Then Greg. Yep. Yeah. Actually, you actually use your brain. Nick is like, okay, wh what is he going to do now? Okay, because he left uh, the murder weapon in Sarah's house, but he washed off the blood, but he decided not to press charges. He doesn't want Sarah behind bars. Why would he do that? But Greg is like, eh, I know why. Greg goes to Russell and said there is a previous case that Bezderek stalked someone's wife until... The guy finally came after him, and then Basteric drew the guy out and shot him in self-defense. That's what Basteric wants to happen. Since Basteric has a restraining order against Sarah, and she's already on record for assaulting him, he could legally shoot her and get away with it. I hate this guy. Greg, he tries to call Sarah, but she doesn't pick up. Because she is after Miss Derek. She is outside of his house. Nick and Detective Crawford, they detain Miss Derek after he left work. And he is carrying a gun. And Crawford takes it while Nick is talking to him. Nick accuses Miss Derek of murder. How would that help the situation, Nick? He's using it as a distraction. Yes, I know, but you have to gain the confidence of this guy. Anyways, he accuses Bezderek of murder at the hotel. And Bezderek's like, no, I'm the victim here. But he doesn't want to be put on police protection for his own safety. Before he leaves, Nick is like, if you hurt Sarah, you're going to face the consequences. Crawford gives Bezderek the gun and... Nick and Crawford, they just go away, I guess. So when Bezderek goes home, he actually finds Sarah waiting for him. Like, okay, girl, you do you. I support women's rights, but I also support women's wrongs. She goes after him for discrediting her job and got her. My girl is in the trenches this episode. She is really in the trenches. 
and also going after her mother. Nobody had done that before, not even Natalie Davis. Well, I think at the time her mother lived in a difference. Well, yeah, but Natalie Davis was actually going after Grissom and she found out that Grissom really loved Sarah. So she's like, yeah, I'm going after Sarah. Sarah, actually, she tries to shoot Bezerik, but nothing happened. And Bezerik is like, yeah, I removed the firing pin from your gun when I was in your house. That's the time when he reveals that he's evil plan. He's like, I've been playing this for months. And he learned forensics after all including stabbing Taylor seven times because there was the exact amount of times Delores stabs her husband, who was Sarah's dad. But Derek also says that he was paying Taylor at the hotel. He was the one that paid Taylor at the surprise party, at the surprise dessert that Sarah received. Sarah's like, you know what, just do it. He fires the gun and nothing happens. And then Sal puts her arms out like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, nothing happens because when Dr. Crawford was looking at his gun, he took the bullets out. And Nick and Detective Crawford, they arrest him. Sarah was recording the whole conversation and Zerika was arrested and Sarah goes, picks up her mom and... Sarah's like, yeah, everything's going to change, but no worries, they're going to change for the better. Back in the lab, Russell gives Sarah her gun back and her credentials. She goes to the break room and... Nick and Greg are just sitting there. Thinking. Yeah, they they go to the room after her, to the break room after her. They close the door and they start talking to her as if nothing ever happened. And And Nick is like, oh, it's just that... Everyone was so used to the idea of you two being together. They kept it hidden for you guys for two years. They kept it hidden for you, from you for two years. You think she would just blast it like, oh, yes, we're not together anymore. I understand from a point of view why they needed to shake up the the GSR storyline a bit because obviously William Peterson was not coming back. I understood why they had to. And Jojo Fox was happy to stay. Yeah, so I understand why they had to shake up the story a bit. But I, what I don't understand is Nick and Greg's behavior was, I think, so out of place for me a bit. The math is not mathing for me. Because it's, it's not what I would expect from their characters at this point. Because we've seen them from season one as these two characters who love Sarah from the beginning. And who were her best of friends, always looking after her. And then we have these three new characters, Morgan, Finn, and DB, who barely know her, who've known her for just a few months at this point. And they know that Sarah would not have done any of that. They're just letting the evidence speak. It's not even like Greg and Nick were following a different line of investigation. It's just... It fell out of character, right? At least for me. It did. Well, now this is your recap of what happened. It's in the two of CSI Vegas. The season two of CSI Vegas begins and we already had the serial killer, which would have been known as the Silver Ink Killer, who talks in codes. He doesn't do the killings. He tells people to do the killings for them. What happens is all of these people, all of the victims were treated by the psychiat this psychiatrist whose name is Dr. Cytasian. And the victims of electroshock therapy in front of mirrors, they were being treated by another psychiatrist called Dr. Ayarek. And they were meant to kill people who were also in the treatment with them. Amongst other cases as well, there was this one case, there was this one case that a Max, she was attacked in the head and she suffered with PTSS. Catherine came back and she was having a rough time. She was having a rough time because her daughter was not speaking to her and she also had a granddaughter. Also important information that came out, Josh is pine pineapple years old. Take Lizzie yet again. Yeah. Catherine takes her granddaughter to a crime scene. We have a very important episode, Koala, in which 
families are being executed with a gun that is meant to kill birds of prey. That episode really affects not only Catherine, but also Penny. My girl, Penny, she was devastated. Mark, she she deserved all the awards for her performance in that episode. Josh is dating Detective Chavez, Detective Serena Chavez. Serena, she comes from Miami, and it's quite possible that she might have worked with Horatio Kane, we don't have any confirmation that, that she did. She could have. We don't know yet because she is a detective. We don't know. Probably she never worked as a CSI before. We also have a new addition to the team. We have Bo. Both in- we have a Jack. He's a medical examiner. But I, I was listening to our old episodes and I was like, oh, Bo is like the Jack. Bo was in the trenches because he is a CSI level one. He went to the field one day and the case involved a child, a little boy. And that episode affects not only Penny, but also Bo. Bo decided to leave the field for a while. And the episode Trinket, which, wow, that episode really hit me like a truck. Like, really, it hit me right in my heart. Like, thank you so much for that. Every time they were close to catching the the serial killer, it seems like they're always 10 steps ahead. We find out that Josh's sketchy past, that we had an idea in season one, is actually a lot lower than that. He had a friend called Trey, and who was into some shady things, shady people, who got arrested because he was trafficking drugs. Serena was the one that made the arrest because based on Josh's evidence. He was almost not going to do it, but then Max is like, remember who you are. And, well, he remembered for that episode only. And Trey got arrested. There is the case of Grace. Marg actually was the one that that asked for this storyline to be included. She revealed on the live stream that she asked for the storyline to be included because there were so many women that got into forensics because of CSI. And her character and George's characters and Morgan's character, all the women that we see on CSI, Grace disappeared. And one of the reasons why she was joining CSI was because she, rejoining CSI was because she wanted to know what happened to Grace. What happened to Grace is that she found out that they were laundering money inside the Eclipse. Which is Catherine's casino. Which is Catherine's casino. And that's how, in the end, she was able to send a message to Catherine by drawing something on a paper and something that only Catherine understood. And then um, Catherine decides to stay in the lab because of Grace and she's going to come back on season three. Also, on Ransom, they are not together. <laughs> they don't stay together on season two. But they... They were uh, never together in the first They were place. never together, but they were best of friends. Ellie does tell Josh when they are attacked by one of the puppets of the Silver Ink killer that Josh was the most most important in her life in Vegas and she couldn't be his friend anymore. Greg comes back. For a couple episodes. For a couple episodes, he has to run the grave shift. Grissom will be proud. He started as a lab tech and he ended up running the grave shifts for a while. That is good. He also helped the, the team with a couple cases, and he ends up doing masters. Well, a, a I, th- I think I think it's going to be doctorate at his level. Doctorate, yeah, as a doctorate. I mean, Doctor Sanders. Doctor Sanders, yes. Catherine made the call that got him to a program. They end up getting the the silver and killer. They are not able to decipher the code that the killer was using. Not even the FBI. <laughs> Penny, she got me laughing throughout the whole episode because she really wanted to code the ciphers and she couldn't. But they end up getting it. She screams at the serial killer in the end. What does this mean? What does this mean? I don't think he's totally done yet. Yeah, I don't think he's done either. I hope he's not. He's a great character and it'd be really good if he made a comeback or somehow he got released from jail because technically he did not commit those crimes someone else did 
in the Josh department, let's see, he mo- his, his mother gets killed because he visits his mom and he realizes that his mother is dealing again, dealing drugs again, and he asks, he asks her mom to stop. And his mother doesn't stop. And he and Serena, they go on a break. And he still cares for his mom, even though they are, they have a rough relationship. His mother ends up getting killed. And then he gets benched throughout the case. But Max knows that he's going to be investigated either way. He gets Trey out of jail. He bails him out. And they end up finding out who killed his mom. And the the episode ends with a cliffhanger. Who killed that guy? Was it was it Josh? Was it Trey? Was it the drug lord? Nobody knows. That's how we're gonna start the first episode of season three, named The Ripper. Like Jack the Ripper. Like, damn i I really love Josh. Josh is one of my favorite characters. Josh is one of my favorite characters, and it kills me to see him in an orange jumpsuit. And I'm pretty yeah. sure he told Max to not let anyone see him like that. And like in the la- one of the last scenes, Max is like, Joshua, don't say anything. Don't tell me anything. Well, anyways, next week, we are covering the first episode of season three, The Reaper. Chills. Oh my god, chills. Season 3 is coming back. Season 3 is coming back. Finally! Finally. We love you guys so, so much. You guys mean you guys mean the whole world to us. We love you. Stay safe. Stay warm. Drink plenty of water. We love you. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. Thank you.